It is Thursday, February 16, the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you if you are just tuning in. And it's Manchester City 1-0 over Arsenal this morning in the 39th minute. Uh, What, nearly an equaliser there? Oh, I reckon... Just check that, sir. There's a blow-up. Just check that, sir. Gee, what's going on? Have they caught a penalty? Penalty. Penalty. Yeah, City are blowing up here. I think we got a penalty. Oh, I thought it was a goal. What Isn't it amazing? I Imagine thought it crossed the line. How do they have a look the here? Like oh. Have a look here, Mido. Oh, gee, they, uh, that's play on against cross the, the line. Cross the line. No, no, it hasn't gone good no, it hasn't crossed the line. So why is that? Why is that a penalty to well, the well, Arsenal? I think they're going to call a foul on the keeper here. He's allowed to kick the ball. Well, he missed it. No, so, he got his toe on it. So what happens if it's outside Wait, no, the box? Didn't. That little box. Do you reckon air swing? We, oh, gee, I don't know. What's he done here? So yeah, City are blowing up. Oh, surely it goes to VAR. No, he's pointed to the spot, so Arsenal will have a chance here. What's the penalty for, though? Well, because the keeper moved out, and he didn't get a crack at the ball, and the Arsenal player has gone down. Oh, it is contentious. This Hang is on, very this is garbage. It's hard to explain, actually. The goalie was in the middle there. of nowhere. The, the, he just stared still, it, the goalie. Yeah, he didn't do anything. He well, just he stood there. He encroached forward, and he didn't. Have yeah, but he's allowed to go forward. Ball. Mate, he he's allowed to go to where he ball. thinks the ball is. And he, he found himself <laughs> short, so he stopped. He stood still. This is rubbish. The Arsenal oh, you, dude nearly kicked him in the face. You're just a biased Manchester City fan, Clark. Yeah, true. By the way, it's great to see that you're health, looking healthy and you've had a haircut. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm a new man. I've <laughs> what had, did I read I in the paper know. yesterday? Well, same thing oh, I read. sober yeah. as well? I'm sober. <laughs> I've had a haircut. I've never been happier. Oh, mate, see what you boys do to me? You just bring that glow out of me. Yeah, I'm back at work, and yeah. you guys make me happy. The haircut, though, is, you, you look bu- you look like yeah. you mean business. I went for a trim. Yeah. I've, I've had uh, had the other style for a bit too long, so I thought, you know what? It's time to buzz cut. Just get it short again, how I used to have it. I love it. Like a change. My hair grows fast as well. It's grey, and yeah. it grows fast, so I'm never going to be short of hair. So my father's you... got a lot of hair. My grandfather's got right. a lot of hair. So that's why I can mess around. I can cut it. It'll grow back. Have you ever, um, were you, I know, well, no, you have. Shaved Sorry, my head. You, no, no, no. Coloured your hair when you were younger. Yeah, but yeah, will yeah. you go from, will you leave it go grey? Yeah, I'm Let silver it, fox. Yep, yep. I don't, I, I never yep. care about colour, like yep. about being grey. I'm, yep. That's called getting older. Yeah. But KO suckers. Age gracefully. Yeah. Well, will you do that, Will? Goal. There we go. Oh, yeah, one, he went one. the other side too. Arsenal and City, or one-one. Yeah, see, this is a that's a headline right there. That wasn't a penalty. It's going to if if Arsenal win, it's, this is going to cause a war. City are going to say they're ripped There's again. No, see, the, the, the referee just gave him a penalty None. because you reckon he's on the the side of every other team saying City's cheated. They got too much money. They're too good. All this rubbish, mate. That's horrible. See, you're a conspiracy theorist. Horrible refing. He should be sacked. That ref. Adam Poor Pen, call. Adam Penn Gilly, morning, mate. How are you? <laughs> morning, Jared. Morning, boy. <laughs> this is a disgrace, Penn Gilly. Uh, just saw it, Clarky. Uh, like, I think it was a 50-50 call, to be fair. What, what um, could the goalie do? Well, he, he, he's, he's obviously missed. didn't get the ball, and he's taken the, taken the attack, I reckon. Oh. Like, I know, know that ball gone past him, but, Clarky, the, the other thing is, <laughs> he was on the yellow card as well before that. He, he, he was lucky to still be on the field. Who, the goalie was on the yellow? He was already on the yellow before that, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't know that. Nah, so the ref, it's personal. The ref doesn't like the goalie. This is a yeah. personal attack, Mido. Listen to this. The, con- <laughs> the, the anti-conspiracy theorist has had more conspiracy uh, theories in three minutes than seriously. in the previous three years. Oh, anyway. Hang on, let me guess. This game's at Arsenal's home, home ground? Yes. Oh, shock me. 
Mate, this is a joke. Home ref, is it? The ref's on their coaching staff. Gosh, you're up and about now. Seriously. The haircut. You blokes. The uh, it's the happiness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> firstly, you were there. It was at Body Dune yesterday. Is that where you yep. were uh, and spoke to James Tedesco, amongst others? But uh, how's Teddy heading into 2023? Yeah, he plays some pretty decent golf, Jared, to be fair. He's a, he's a left-hander. So you wouldn't think he'd be a left-hander, but he is. And he he's a decent golf ball. So I think he's been working on his golf a fair bit, Teddy, in his spare time. So... Yeah, I had a quick chat to him yesterday after he finished playing in the Pro-Am and he's um, obviously desperate to get back into the swing of things and, and play in the first trial this week. I don't. The one thing I found interesting that he said yesterday, he still thinks he can play for another couple of years beyond his current contract. So he's still on contract with the Roosters until the end of next year, which is 2024. And he says, I'm feeling great. My body feels fine. I feel like I'm at the peak of my powers. There's no reason I can't play for another couple of years beyond that. So it's going to take him pretty much to 33 to right on the cusp of his 34th birthday. What do they do with Joseph Manu and Joseph Suali'i, if that's the case? Because those two guys, I think, are destined to play fullback at some stage, mm-hmm. particularly in Suali'i's case if he stays in, in, in the NRL. But if Teddy keeps playing for another, what, four years from this year, um, they're not going to be able to keep them all, are they, Was Well, you wouldn't have thought so. Well, you would know more accurately... Uh you know, salary ranges and what you can afford and how many million-dollar players you can have in your roster. But those three there, you, you're paying a million dollars every day of the week for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Close to. Like, well, Teddy's obviously a million dollars a year now. I think the other two, or Mun is just below that at the moment, I think. Yeah, but, but, but if, if I'm chasing those guys, I'm paying them a yeah. million bucks. Yeah. At least. Yeah. All three of them. Mm. Mm. So yeah. where does that leave your salary cap if you've got three on over a million bucks? Leaving in a very precarious spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, yeah. So I, I, yeah. I don't know how you keep all three of them. No, I, I know they've got this deal with Suli where he's got options in his contract every year, yeah. and, and the Roosters have been quite happy to do that because we, we all know he's a special talent. Um, but how much longer do they keep going down this path was and, and allow him to sort of wait until midway through the year every year to decide his future? Because at some stage, he's got to, you'd like to think he's going to commit long-term to, to some code, whether it's the NRL and the Roosters, whether it's another club in the NRL, whether it's Rugby Union, I don't know. But um, they're obviously playing a, a very delicate game with him at the moment. And Teddy was quite you know, effusive talking about his, his switch to the centres this year, saying that Suley's been doing a lot of work in the centres this year. He looks, looks awesome. And, and we've seen it in the past with Robbo. Obviously, we know he's a very smart and astute coach. He's had Joseph Manu sort of sniffing around the middle a lot in, in attack when he's been playing in the centres the last few years. And I... I dare say I'll probably be the same with Sue Lee. Um, can, you play a both of them? can you play both of them like that, Doug? Oh, well, if you're going to just target the, the middle laws and <laughs> yeah. try and roll teams through the middle, you, yeah. you possibly could, but you're not going to get the width in your attack. No. You know better than me. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, defensive teams can, can jam up and, and, and try and, you know, so, I suppose, load that middle a little bit more if they can see both guys are sniffing around the ruck. So, yeah, I'm fascinated to see how the Roosters play this year, particularly with ball in hand. Yeah, I, I think with both of them in the centres and... Uh, Kiri, if he comes through with, um, you know, limited injuries this season, and Walker at halfback and the forward packs they have, I, I think this is the team that that'll challenge uh, Penrith. But it must be a concern with Luke Kiri, you know, having a, you know, a hit or copping a blow to the jaw at training, and then obviously being left out. And I know that they take a lot of care with the players, and in particular the Roosters with guys because they've got history of head knocks. They know how to treat them, but. Surely it still must be a concern. Yeah, and I think Teddy virtually admitted that yesterday, a lot saying with his history of concussions, it, it, it is a concern. But he said, having having said that and spoken to him numerous times in the last week or two, he said he's feeling fine. He has none of those symptoms in terms of you know lingering headaches or anything like that that he's had in the past. So 
hopefully, fingers crossed for Luke and the Roosters that it's only a obviously just a little setback with it with a jaw complaint. We can see him on the field in round one, but you're right. Every time he has one of these knocks to a jaw or a face or a concussion or something like that, I think the alarm bells just start ringing again, don't they? Given his given his history, so. But from all reports, he should be right for round one, ready to see him go. And, um, yep, keen to see what this Roosters team can do this year. Because that's the other thing, too. If, if you know, like, if you're the opposition, you're, you're running plenty of traffic at his way. You know? mm, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's not the biggest kid out there on the field, yeah. Luke Keary, but he's tough. But he mm. sometimes gets his head in the wrong position. And if you're making him do, you know, 20-odd tackles a game... There's a fair chance he might pop a knock. Just a, a stray elbow or a knee or whatever it may be. Or just not, head clash. You just, I don't know. Is this not the same risk for Ponga? Like, Ponga sits in the, as a very similar situation. And now he's talking about playing 5'8". Five, five mm. So he's going to be in the front line as well. Is that risk not there for him as well? Yeah, I yeah. suppose, mate, that it will be. But they will say, regardless of where you play, he, he received all his head knocks at fullback at previously. Yeah. Yeah, so what's but, the difference but between if him if he's now? tackling more... Is, is there more risk at receiving head knocks? Uh, possibility, yeah. yeah. Well, no doubt there would be because you're making more tackles yeah. than what you would at fullback. Um, so I, I, I'm just unsure of um, I hate to see you, hate how to players, players are going like to that, go yeah. when they've got a history of head knocks yeah. if opposition teams start to target them. Because mm. you mm. will. You'll start to run traffic at these guys if they've got issues. Yeah. With, with head knocks, you, you just would. You just go... And, and, and the other thing about it is you're taking juice out of their best players. Yeah. Well, the other thing, if they do copper knock, they're, they're, they're off. The well, you've got to take them they? off. So, they're, they're not yeah. like you who you're not played, say, six them, years yeah. and you, you've never had a head knock and all of a sudden yeah. you, you get a bit of a, you know, a whack to the head. Well, you more than likely you'll go straight, straight back off. off. Yeah. But if yeah. it's someone that's got a history of head knocks and they get one, they're not going back on. Mm. So mm. part of the, the plan when you come up against yeah. players like this would be, you know what, let's test them. Let's go at them. Let's make them do mm. these tackles. So anyway, we'll see how it all unfolds. Let's talk some racing, Adam. And uh, fascinated to see how this silver slipper plays out on Saturday at Rose Hill. King's Gambit 260, Platinum Jubilee $4.20 and Cylinder on the next line of betting at $5 with Tab. Uh, pretty keen on the Godolphin horse actually coming out of that very nice trial. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating race, Jared. And I, I think King's Gambit's got to lay down a marker, doesn't he, for the Golden Slipper? We, we saw him there first up. He was okay. I know he's beaten at the, at the very short price, but I thought he did enough in his first up run. And we've just seen Learning to Fly and a couple of others really put their hand up now and sort of say, well, oh, we're riding the Golden Slipper picture. And this horse, I think the Snows will want him to sort of lay down a marker there on the weekend and try and win this race in the Silver Slipper and, and really head forward towards the Golden Slipper with some confidence. So very keen to see what he can do. But I think these two Freedman fillies, Madeira Sunrise and Mumbai Muse, which I'm not quite sure if they're right in the class of a King's Gambit right at the moment, but they're both showing some really likeable signs at the trials and obviously at their first race starts as well. Madeira Sunrise is good winning, probably a, an inferior race, it must be said, for maybe the, the second-tier horses. Well, I thought Mumbai Muse is got something to offer too so I think we got a, a lot more of a, a clearer picture heading towards the Golden Slipper after the weekend and, and from this week on boys every horse that wins is automatically exempt from the ballot and straight into the slipper so this market's going to be changing week on week now and um, yeah King's Gambit no doubt with a headline horse and that silver slipper on the weekend we saw Tommy ooh I'm just a city you've hit the post there oh no that was very very close sorry Loz no you're right uh, Tommy Marquan um, obviously had a fall on the weekend I think he busted his shoulder is that right so he is going back home, or is he going to stay here and recover? 
Yeah, terrible news, Loz. He he avoided any breaks, which was probably the initial concern after the fall there on the weekend. But he's still got some issues with the shoulder, which requires some shoulder surgery now. So he's going to be out of the saddle for the best part of the eight weeks, essentially. So you can pretty much put a line throughout the whole Sydney Autumn Carnival now for Tommy. So that's really unfortunate given he only just arrived in Australia and been riding for a week or so but he suffered this injury. So I, I think it's highly doubtful he'll stay down here and do his recovery down here. He might have his surgery and then... I dare say head home to recuperate because there's probably not going to be much point hanging around here and maybe picking up one or two rides right at the end of the carnival. I suppose if if he did rehabilitate a little bit quicker than expected, William Haggis is still sending a few horses down for the championship, so there might be a chance. But that's looking at the time frame now, that's really pushing it. That's probably only six or so weeks away now, the first day of the championship. So he might be pushing it, um, having an uphill battle to try and get ready for the, for the championships now, which is just horrible, horrible luck. We know how dangerous the sport is, and unfortunately, I think he's going to miss a lot of really good feature race rides over the next six to eight weeks. Nasher Will has been suspended. Yeah, another one, Gerald, who caught the suspension out of Canterbury last Friday night, uh, which was finalised yesterday in inquiries. So he's missing the ride on in secret in the surround stakes on Saturday week, which is going to be a really nice group one ride for him. She's obviously going to go around and start favouring that race. So I'll tell you what, Nash has had a lot of problems with the Stewart has in the last 12 months in particular. I think he's been suspended, I was reading somewhere, eight times in the last 12 months, which is just phenomenal, really, for a jockey, given that every time he's suspended, you're out for a week or two, then you come back. So he's almost racking up one every one and a half months, which is just crazy. So it's really unfortunate for Nash to miss that miss that ride and in secret next week and he's got to regather himself and try and get ready for for the rest of the autumn carnival. One of the great New Zealand jockeys, Michael Walker, who's been riding over here in Australia now for a couple of years. He's announced his retirement. Yeah, another really unfortunate story was he geez, Michael's had a lot of issues with his health over the last probably three or four years. Now I remember I remember he had that harrowing story about how that compartmental syndrome where mm-hmm. He said it felt like his leg was going to explode at one stage with the pressure from an internal injury. So he managed to come back from that. But he had an issue with, a, I think it was a jump out last August and suffered a bit of a, I suppose, a brain injury, you put it in those terms. And he's really struggling with the side effects from that coming back and obviously still having some lingering issues with that concussion symptom. So he decided to pull the pin on his on his riding career, which is such a shame because he's such a character of the, of the jockey's room and of the sport in general, I suppose. Um, He's going to retire with a pretty decent regime. I think 30-odd Group 1s. He's ridden for, for many, many years, more than 100 stakes winners. And uh, unfortunately, that's the end for Michael. So let's hope he can stay involved in the industry in some way, shape or form, uh, not lost to the industry as a whole. And um, yet we can hopefully see him around the races sometime in the future. Uh, we couldn't get you on yesterday with some phone issues, but thank you for your tip. Yeah, it was Scratch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sent, to be fair, Jared, I sent the tip at like 5 o'clock in the morning, yeah. I think, or 5.30 in the morning. It was Scratch before 7.30. <laughs> yeah. So I will apologise about that. Sorry to point that Could have been worse, Mido. Could have yeah, been worse. Get your money back. Exactly right. Money <laughs> back. We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. So anyway, we'll live and fight again. We'll get ready for Saturday, Jared. Sounds good. Uh, Saturday with the Rugby League trials coming up. But it looks like this peace deal has happened between the NRL and also the players. Association, Adam. <laughs> yeah, it might have was. I don't know. I think there's some more further meetings scheduled for today. Um, it all depends who you talk to, Was to be honest. Oh, really? Uh, you can, oh, I think they're getting closer. I think they're getting, they're getting they're definitely getting closer, but I don't think it's finally across the line yet, if I can put it in those terms. So I think that, well, the main thing was they got the NRLW stuff done. That was the thing that was most pressing and the most urgent. Let's just hope they can get it done before round one. I think like you guys, myself, all the fans, they're sick of hearing about it. It's an extremely important thing for the game. It needs to be done. It needs to be done properly. But I think, let's be honest, everyone's over it. Yes, we are. I agree. Uh, good on you, mate. Have a good day. See you, boys. <laughs> Give us a call. 13.53.53. I love typing Laurie Daly into YouTube. The What's things you can that? find. Uh, by the way, just on Trundle, more Trundle news. Uh, old, um, 
Graham says, morning, fellas. Old mate from Channel forgot to say that in the town they hold the ABBA Festival in October. So there you go. An ABBA Festival happens fan. in Trundle. I'm a fan of ABBA. Uh, we've got Reg on the line. G'day, Reg. How are you? Yeah, good. Good, thanks, fellas. Um, well, I, I don't know. You probably don't remember. But I rang up. I used to be a doorman, and um, I remember seeing Laurie in his day on the dance floor and whatever else. I, I rang a while ago, but the reason I'm ringing this morning is um, I was wondering when, Laurie, have you got your nomination yet, mate? Nomination for? <laughs> Gold Logie, mate. Gold Logie. Gold Logie. What's he for, the, for the acting, the acting on the air. Oh, yes. Has it uh, hit the ground running down there in Canberra? Oh, my word it is, mate. I'll talk about it. What a performance, mate. Fair income, you've missed your calling. Okay, Reg, you're going to have to explain <laughs> to Clarky and I and the rest of us what this uh, is all about. Listen. Oh, mate, you've got to pull it up on YouTube, mate. It's, it's, a, it's a law firm of some description. Him and um, yeah, Papali, whatever, now had his fellas, you know, say his name. But him and Papali are on it. But, oh, the acting the acting of Lawrence, Lawrence mate, what, oh, what Do an we... absolute performance. Hollywood, here Can... I come, okay, El Daly. I've got YouTube open. Do we know... What's this law firm called? Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, we'll figure it out during the news break. But no, yeah, we'll go, look, we'll go looking I, for I, it. Yeah, have a look, mate. And hopefully you've got some tape because you, you probably bust your ribs laughing, mate. <laughs> we'll find it. Don't worry about that. Well, I'm, I'm... <laughs> Thank you, boy. Yeah, good on you, Reg. Thank you. Hollywood. What have I got here? I love Treat it. yourself to Bollywood. It. Maybe you're a Bollywood man more no, that's, than Hollywood. That's... We got laws at. <laughs> what is that? So oh, Google. This is it. A... Oh, this is for the man shake. We yes. got laws at Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Is that under the Harbour Bridge? Yeah. 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 That would have been. That you, was a few years ago. Are you one. a man shake man? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. McDougal Mad Dog was doing something for the Telegraph. They had like so many challenges he had to do. Okay. Might have been a five-minute challenge. Yeah, and yeah. you had to do so many squats, squats, so many pancakes. I don't know what it was, punches. Did you look and fit there with your singlet on? How long ago was that? Oh, that would have been five years ago, I suppose. Poor weather. Yeah, she's a bit damp there. What's that? A bit bit damp. damp. Yeah, well, that's why we're under the bridge. I'm keen to find <laughs> this uh, this new commercial, huh? I'll fill you in after, you've the, been, okay, after uh, the news. You've been known for your acting, put it that way. Yeah, well, you know what. Don't mind a shower on camera? Do you? Remember shower? That? Yeah, remember that one back in the day? You're in the shower, the footy one? Oh, that was for a... F- um, what about that? That was one was of your that? best. Footy, footy calendar. You did so, that. Look at this. Push-ups. Yeah, that's strong push-ups. How many know? push-ups are you doing? Good technique. Oh, I don't know how many push-ups we had to do. Six. You're <laughs> testing my memory, boys. These, these <laughs> ads and things go back years. Well, it's that what happens, there. mate. When you've been a superstar for as long as you have. Yeah. You just, oh, that's a fair point. You know. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wanted by a lot of people. Exactly right. Company including the police. Company. <laughs> <laughs> Second half about to start in the Premier League in the top of the table clash between Arsenal and Manchester City. It is 1-1 after an eventful first half there at the Emirates. Clarkie not happy with the referee no. as he's decided to take the Manchester City side this morning. Unbelievable. But sending anyway. an email. As we <laughs> sending an email. Okay, there's Champions League on this morning as well. Uh, round of 16 first leg. Club Bruges and Benfica is scoreless, 37 minutes in. And Borussia Dortmund and Chelsea also scoreless. And 36 minutes into that match this morning. Last night, how about those Kings? The Sydney Kings. Brad Rosen will be very happy. And there he was commentating last night as uh, they beat the Cairns Taipans in game one of the semi final series, 95 to 87, to go 1 0 up. Game two, Friday night in Cairns. And we'll have Brad on to preview that match tomorrow. But uh, the Taipans, they led by nine at halftime. 
then the Kings turned it on in the third quarter in particular. They went on a 17-0 run. Xavier Cooks, the newly minted most valuable player, he had 27 points and 14 rebounds to go with it as well. Just on uh, a basketball legend, maybe the biggest legend of all, Pup. How about this? Michael Jordan turned 60, I think, on Saturday. And he's making a one-off donation of $10 million to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. What a legend. Which is the biggest individual donation that organisation's ever what received. A legend. Or relative, though. Or relative. Oh, $10 million is like $10 for you. The ocean for but still, Jordan, but $10 million, mate. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of other places you can stick his money if you wanted to. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what he doesn't have to. Absolute legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, genius. Sixty. Sixty. Oh, the goat man. is sixty. We're well, just talking that. about it, Loz and I were just talking about it um, off air. Just life in general and how quick time passes you by. You and... got quite deep actually mm. during the seven thirty news. Yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> it's um, but it's well, so we went to a true. funeral like, yesterday, yeah. and we were just so talking true. about you know, there's never. A, a nice way to say goodbye to someone, but mm. you know, for what it was worth yesterday, I thought was a as good great as send off for you know someone that's lived a uh, a long long life. But yeah, at the end of the day, life sort of moves on. And um, one thing you do know though, at, at the end of the day, you know your family are so important to you. Yeah, you know yeah. they are with you and will support you through thick and thin. And it was great to see a, a good turnout at the funeral that I was there yesterday at. But anyway. Awesome. Coming up this morning, we're going to speak to Ryan, Ryan Lonigan from the Brumby shortly. Super Rugby Pacific season launched yesterday and the first week is next week. And uh, the Brumbies and the Waratahs at Allianz Stadium is next Friday night. So Ryan Lodigan coming up shortly. Also to come this morning, Brad Davidson. Uh, Pat Wood, Sydney FC striker ahead of their match against Brisbane Raw this weekend. And Appy Corusau, the new West Tigers captain, still to come this morning uh, on the show. Just some AFL news as well, Loz. 29-year-old Toby Green, named GWS captain. And he shared it with Steve Cornelio and Josh Kelly last year. So they're... Say to Toby Green, who's had a colourful history as far as, I guess, some trips to the tribunal, etc., are concerned. Uh, but he's been consistently, if not their best player, very close to for a long period of time. One of their most important players, no doubt about that, is that X factor. And I think giving him the captaincy, and, uh, and I don't know, despite you know the fact he's sort of marched on the edge as far as his discipline's concerned previously, I think is the right attacking option for them to choose at this point in their juncture. Yeah, and I think two things. One, he's their best player and not always does captaincy suit your best player. But for me, Toby Green, he's their leader. He is their leader. And every time he runs out there as skipper, I think he plays better. And I think he's a guy that accepts that responsibility and will have people follow him. He he looks as though he's a captain that's going to get the job done and inspire people around him. And that's what you, you, you're after from a, from a leader. Someone who people will believe in what they tell you and go out and try and do it. Uh, and I think Toby Green's in for a, a massive year. Uh, the G- Giants, I just can't get a read on them. I think they might go through a, a rebuild as, as such. But you just don't know in the AFL because... You look at what Collingwood were able to do last year. They had young blokes just jump out of the ground. 
and they went from bottom four to top four. That could be the Giants because they've still got a very, very good midfield and they've still got players that are elite in the AFL. So if they can stay injury-free, come together as a group under a new coach, Adam Kingsley, they could surprise. But as it stands at the moment, you look at them and go, they're still a long way off a side like the Swans or a Melbourne or a, a Brisbane and still possibly a, a Geelong. I think they're over the odds, though. I'm not saying they're going to win the premiership, but they're 50 to 1. And they're $8 to make the eight. Their top-line talent is still very oh, good. Oh, yeah, they've yeah. Still, still got plenty of good talent. But they released a couple of experienced players, um, and two of those guys ended up at Richmond, and I think that's one of the reasons why they think Richmond will be um, hard to beat this year. But it, you, you just don't know. AFL, that, that's a strong... This is as strong as it's been for a while in terms of, I reckon, number of teams that can genuinely win the comp. You know, most comps is three or four standouts, but in the AFL, it looks looks like there's you know at least eight teams that you could say that could win the comp this year. Swans, yeah, I Swans think it'll be me. hard to beat the Swans. Swans for me. We had messages yesterday saying they won't make the eight. Really? I'm backing them. I reckon they would learn oh, they so much from the GF. Yeah, I, I'm, I like them. Yeah, I, I, I like think them. they make the eight. The Sydney Swans. I, I think that's a. I wouldn't say certainty because nothing's nothing certain. But going off what they did last year and natural improvement that should come from yep. their young list, uh, they should be playing finals. Well, it's time to talk some Super Rugby ahead of the new season next week. And uh, I said we we're going to speak to Ryan Lodigan. Ryan's just thrown a beautiful cutout ball and hit Nick White on the chest. So Nick White is joining us. G'day, Nick. How are you? I'm good, mate. Very good. Yeah, me and Lonners, we work in tandem pretty That's well. That's team. That's <laughs> team if I've ever in. seen it right there, buddy. Yeah, you <laughs> Equally annoying. <laughs> uh, you enjoyed two narrow trial wins against the Waratahs and the Rebels and uh, opening your season, as I mentioned, against the Tars at Allianz next week. But what did you take out of those trial performances? Yeah, a little bit. Obviously, um, trial games, you know, you try to keep a fair few cards at your sleeve. So um, we were kind of testing out a few new systems that Bernie's brought back with him, which is which is pretty good. And to be honest, the, the trial games are more around um, just seeing how those systems looked in a, in a real game and, and a lot around the effort. And, and those trial games were for guys that have been training for, for five or six months and, and reward for them. And, you know, a fair few guys have put their hand up. And I reckon you'll see uh, a few of them probably named in round one. And, um, and that's awesome for them. So, yeah, a, a lot of it was around that effort reward and, and yeah there's a few systems that um, you know a few of them need to be cleaned up and a few of them yeah they've been pretty good so um, looking forward to this season Nick round one probably couldn't start any better you got the Waratahs how do you prepare for that and, and is that the start that you guys are after Oh, mate, Tar Week. There's no big week <laughs> down here in Canberra. Yeah. Um, big Brothers inviting us up there. Uh, it should be should be a big crowd at Allianz. What an awesome stadium. So, yeah, look, it's a great way to start Super Rugby in general, right? Like a, a fair, fair bit of rivalry there. Um, you know, the Waratahs, they're, they're building pretty nicely. We've, um, we've had a couple of good years, um, and they'll be coming after us. And, you know, it's, it's also, you know, whilst... It's, it's important to play well in this game. It's kind of a possible probables, um, you know, these all these Australian derbies for for a World Cup spot at the at the end of the year. So these these Aussie derbies, Aussie derby games, they're going to have a, a bit of spice in them because guys are, are playing for jersey numbers as well at the end of the year. So uh, it's an awesome way to start it. I reckon uh, it'll be pretty tense. It'll have a bit of Test match vibe about it. 
Nick, in rugby league, they always used to say that Wally Lewis, Wally Lewis knew every blade of grass at Suncorp Stadium. And I see the Waratahs this week <laughs> have slipped out on Allianz <laughs> Stadium. What advantage is that oh, going to give them? Oh, God. Intimidating. Oh, mate, I'm not sure. Uh, a nice sleeper. There's a good bit of bonding in that. But, um, oh, look, no, good on them. I, uh, I enjoyed a, a nice sleep in my comfy bed at home. Yeah. And, um, yeah, exactly. I covered well, so... Um, you know, look, it'd be pretty cool to do, right? Like that's a story you'll have over a beer down the track for those boys. But yeah, I'm not sure how much that'll help them come round one. You mentioned Steve Larkin before, and I'm not quite sure if he coached you at the Brumbies when he was previously there. But I'm sure yeah. you would have had him when you're involved in the Wallabies camp. Has, has much changed with his way of coaching? A little bit, yeah. I, I had him um, down here for three or four years um, before I left uh, um, to go overseas and come back. And yeah, I think he's changed quite a bit. I've gone over to Ireland and um, I guess seen how they do things. They play an 11 month season over there. So I guess what you call super rugby is a, a bit of a sprint towards the finishing line over there. It's a bit of a marathon. And, um, you know, he's also brought back some ideas around the way we play. As I said, we, we tested out some new systems. So look, he's, um, for anyone that's met Steve Larkin, knows that. He's a deep thinker of the game. He's got some big ideas, and he's come back with some pretty big ones. So, look, it's uh, it's been exciting for us. Um, and yeah, we've got we've got a few things up our sleeve. Like I said, we're, we've evolved a bit. We're trying some things out, and um, it's exciting. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's awesome for guys, I guess, like me. Certainly around the playmaking role, um, he uh, he sees the game better than anyone of I've, uh, I've ever met. So. We're speaking with Brumby scrum half Nick White. Nick, uh, new rules, new interpretations designed to speed up the game. One of them being, well, you've got five seconds to use the ball at the back of the ruck and defending halfbacks can't advance beyond the tunnel at the scrum. So no doubt you yourself, you've thought a fair bit about this. What impact do you think it will have on, on yourself and your own game and decision making? Yeah, the five seconds at the back of the ruck um, will speed the game up. And I think that's awesome. Uh, that's what the game needs. The scrum one, honestly, I, I think that that should have come in a long time ago. Um, you know, you can have a really, really good scrum, two two packs going at it, and then it all comes falling apart because a nine can follow the ball all the way around and, and trap the other nine. So I think you're going to see some unbelievable scrum plays this year. Um, be able to see a lot of eight, nine plays off the back of the scrum. You know, you'll always have an overlap somewhere um, on either side of the scrum. So. It's, yeah, it's going to be exactly what we need. Um, so from that point of view, it's going to be hard to defend. But as a nine, it's going to be awesome to attack. And, and the five-second rule just to speed it up, I think, um, yeah, that's needed as well, right? Like, mm. I think uh, we, we want to see – we've also got – we're speeding up the game around line-out time and scrum time and, and then around breakdown time. So, look, for someone who's 78 kilos <laughs> playing against these mammoths at 130, 140, mate, the quicker they can make the game, the better, I say. <laughs> Fourth last year, the Brumbies, and you lost that semi-final to the Blues, twenty to nineteen in Auckland. Uh, what areas, I guess, have you identified that you need to get right to get over that hump? Because you, were, you know, you were that close to pulling off that upset last year. We were, yeah. Um, I think uh, we, we've had a look at a couple of areas around, I guess, the the, the breakdown, our collision quality, um, these sort of areas. We obviously had a pretty good system that it wasn't bad for us. Like I said, Bernie's brought back a couple of other things. Um, for us to, to look at um, and just being more efficient I think um, that's something we really looked at and, and again it's going to be really important with us with a, with a high tempo game this year um, making sure we're really efficient with, with our ball, with our exits, with how we use our forwards, um, you know around mall time, scrum time um, placing them in, you know, in the middle of the field those sorts of things so look we've 
I think we're going all right, but I think everybody feels like world beaters and that they've had the best pre-seasons of their life until round one comes. So, look, it's all ahead of us, which is exciting, but uh, I guess we'll see how it goes. And there's been a change at the top with the Wallabies, with Eddie Jones coming back. It's a big year for all players with the World Cup at the end of the season. Have you had any contact with Eddie as yet? I have, yeah. He came out to Griffith, um, met a few of us boys and, and sat down and watched the game. And I was lucky enough to sit down and have a good chat with him, watch, watch the game um, and pick his brain around the footy. And uh, he's awesome. Um, you know, he's, he, he just lives, breathes rugby. Um, you know, he's been out and about. He, he's non-stop um, getting, on, getting around to all the franchises. I uh, heard he's been going to all these different sort of grassroots and, and, and club footy as well. And look, um, you know, I think I think... It'll be pretty good. I think there's a fair, fair clean slate, obviously, with him coming in. So I think for the guys that you know were probably um, thinking they were on the plane already with Rennie and now probably thinking a, a little bit uncertain. And, and for guys that were out of the picture, well, well now they've got a clean slate. So it's open slather for uh, for Super Rugby this year. And like I said, every game will be, be nice and tense because there's a jersey up for grubs. So um, from that point of view, I think we'll see some Aussie sides go well in Super Rugby. And when you look around your own squad and, and in the off-season, who's a player or two at the Brumbies you've looked at and gone, gee, they're in for a big year? Yeah, oh, it's hard to name one, but I guess a, a bit of a bolt is uh, Corey Tool, um, mate. He's, he's lightning. He's come across from sevens. Uh, he played phenomenal in the in the two trial games. Mate, he runs like he's a Josh Addo car quick. Like he is lightning. Wow. Um, ran, like I think, 10.5 metres per second in one of the trials. So, you know... We've got some serious wheels on the edge there. At one point, he was lining up in that first trial against the Martin and Dolan. Like, what a mismatch, right? <clears throat> got 140 kilo on the other side in Corey Tool, 85 kilos, but, but he, he was lightning and, and um, can do some damage. So, look, he, he can have a really big year and can change a game on a dime. So, excited to see what he can do for us. Okay, great stuff. And, Nick, excited to see what you're doing this year as well. Appreciate your time. As always, enjoy, and we'll chat soon. Awesome, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Chance for you to be a hero among your mates and have a great day out because anyone who purchases two tickets to the BSB lunch in one transaction from the ATC's website this week goes into the draw to win eight more tickets. So you get a full table. So buy a ticket for you and your mate or your partner, etc., and you've got a chance to take eight more. Uh, it could be someone from your footy team, your social club, your punters club whoever really and you'll enjoy a beautiful lunch there in the wink stand overlooking the straight there at Royal Ramwick drinks package included entertainment and uh, well that's going to be a great afternoon Friday week Feb 24 so just to be in the running go to australianturfclub.com.au to come to the big sports breakfast lunch Friday week australianturfclub.com.au and we've got Brad Davidson on the line g'day Davo how are you? Yeah, guys, I'm well, thanks. How's things? Very good. You come, does Dave come to lunch? Don't, coming, know. I don't think I'll be able to make it, guys. I'll, mm. I'll be flat out doing the form, but I'll uh, I'll see what I can do. But I'll probably be unlikely. Um, I'm up on the Central Coast now. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Friday's a pretty stacked day getting the form done for uh, Sky One on Saturday afternoons. Fair enough, and uh, it is a great day in prospect on Sky this Saturday afternoon. These fields at Rose Hill are tasty. Yeah, they're shaping up nicely, aren't they? A few of the favourites, John Wide, Maria Mia, Half Cabin, a few of them have got tricky gates to overcome there on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, gee, it'd be tough to tip against Half Cabin, wouldn't you, after what he did there first up. Um, you know, meets a, a similar field on the on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, gee, uh, he's only got to reproduce what he did there the other day and it'd be hard to beat again. But you're right, those fields shaping up to be crackers at, at Rose Hill Gardens um, will be on a... 
a good track as well with some warm weather uh, predicted for the weekend. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. And as you said, uh, the fields look pretty good. We get to see Maria Mia again. We get to see a, a cracking 1,100-metre event as well, economics and insurrection and a few others there uh, that look pretty pretty promising gallopers. So um, no, it's shaping up to be a, a super meeting there on Saturday. I see Nature Strip has drawn gate one in the Lightning, but it's down the straight there at Flemington. What do you think of his chances this weekend, Dover? Yeah, I did see he drifted a little bit there. Loz out to $2.10. Look, I think gate one is probably the, the worst gate you want down the straight. Generally speaking, you want to draw a little bit wider, as it can be sort of down the middle, down the outside at the straight a lot of the time. So that is some concern with him, no doubt. And um, it be interesting to see what the market does with him come race time, because... We know he's best, he'll just win, but uh, he was a bit disappointing towards the end of the, the spring after his trip overseas, and obviously he's, he's definitely getting no younger. So, uh, yeah, will he be able to sort of bounce back to his best this autumn? Uh, time remains to be seen, and that's probably why the, the market's just pushing back against him a little bit there at the moment, out to $2.10, and, yeah, that barrier draw is not ideal, um, considering that uh, a lot of the time you want to get to that middle of the track. Uh, Tom, Tom Marquand, unfortunately, has to undergo surgery. Yeah, we thought yesterday that he was cleared of uh, cleared of any sort of major damage, but he announced yesterday that he'll have to go uh, surgery on that shoulder, unfortunately. So I think he's looking at a couple of months on the on the sidelines. So that was the update there. I just wanted to provide a bit of an update because yesterday it was looking like he was all clear and then uh, we got that update throughout the day. So... Uh, bad news there for Tom, which will be sorely he'll be sorely missed throughout the carnival because he's already made an impact in the in the few weeks he's been here. We, you know, such a strong rider and talented rider that um, he'll be sorely missed throughout the carnival. I see Michael Walker has retired from riding. Yeah, he has uh, lots of more than two thousand winners uh, for Michael Walker. Unfortunately, uh, suffered that uh, brain injury in a, in a fall last year and hasn't been able to. Uh, recuperate and get back to, to full health there. So putting his family and uh, first there by uh, yeah, retiring from race riding and um, was a, a terrific rider and one that will be missed on the track. But um, I'm sure we'll continue to to hear his comments off it. Um, he's done plenty of media work and um, does it does a great job there. So look forward to, to still seeing uh, you know Michael in, involved in the racing game. I'm sure in the future, but um, no more race riding for Michael Walker. Thank you, Davo. No worries, guys. Chat tomorrow. Look forward to dissecting all these uh, big races at, at Rose Hill and